You're listening to the Kerry Woodham Mornings Podcast from Newstalk ZB. Labor's self-aggrandizing press release on police numbers came through late in the show yesterday, about quarter to midday. So we didn't really get a chance to get our teeth into it. The press release came from Chris Hopkins, well, his office. A Labor government will deliver a further increase of 300 additional frontline police officers, new ways to crack down on gangs and strengthen legal protections against stalking and harassment. We will also continue to crack down on gangs. Recently, we've seen communities disrupted and intimidated by dangerous gang convoys. This is intolerable, said the press release. Labour will introduce laws to punish this behaviour and develop new ways to target gang leaders and break their international links. Seriously? How can their speechwriters deliver this stuff? How? Given the attitude that this administration has shown towards the gang since they first arrived, thanks to Winston Peters on the scene, how can Chris Hipkins, in all honesty, face New Zealanders and say, Labour's been tough on gangs? This government's attitude towards gangs, towards working with gangs, towards giving gangs a seat at the table without them earning one, has resulted in the gang members and the gang leaders thinking they can have it both ways. That many of their members can grow fat off criminal activity and they get to be treated with respect as respected members of the community. Remember Paul. You might remember Paul from the show. Hard-working Paul, who rang me as he was heading off for a day's work on the farm in a portiki. He rang because the topic was home detention. And he said he himself had a bracelet. He was articulate. He was clearly hard-working. Halfway through the conversation, he reveals he's a mobster for life. And he had an extraordinary attitude about where gangs sit in the pantheon of New Zealanders. Well, the media does say that there's a lot of community hurt by it, but um, like down here in Oportsuki when we had the funeral for the brother, what the media said was actually different to what was happening on the ground. The police opened the roads up for us to go through, just like they open up the roads for convoys for prime ministers or they open up the roads for delegates and all kinds of things. We do that all the time and all over the world. Um, Nothing went wrong. People did some skids. People have done skids on motorbikes and cars since they were invented. I know, but I'm, I'm just struggling to see how, how any funeral would be accorded the same road closures as a Prime Minister. Other people don't expect that for their loved ones' funerals. And also well, the, the Mayor how was... Helen Clark jacked it through a 50k community at 140k's and she got off with that. I mean, what's the difference? Oh, there's a huge difference, Paul, and if you can't see it, that's a bit odd. And there the conversation ended. And I have to say, not because I finished it, but because Paul was busy. He had cows to attend to. He had work to do. So here you've got somebody who is, who is articulate, hardworking, mobster for life, and truly believes that because prime ministers have roads closed for them, a long-standing member of the mob in a portuki should have the same respect accorded to him. Where did that sense of entitlement come from? Do you and I... Do you and I expect expect roads to close, towns to shut down, and people to be inconvenienced because one of our family members dies? 
It's happened all over the country. It's not just a portiki. The gangs do. They truly think that because one of their members, who they respect and they think is the man, I'm not entirely sure I've seen the same respect accorded to a female mobster. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I've missed that. But when one of their members dies, everybody has to down tools. Everybody has to be inconvenienced. Everybody has to wait while they do what they need to do to show their respect. Where has that attitude come from? It has come from government contracts being awarded to gangs and gang sympathisers, to police turning a blind eye to gang convoys. All the way through COVID, we saw the gangsters hanging out of cars, gathering in far more numbers than we... I mean, the rules were stupid. They were dumb. But the only way we were going to get through it is if we obeyed them. To gangs appointing PR personnel to argue their case on mainstream media. Good morning, Louise Hutchinson. To orthodox members of the community turning up to Waikato Kingdom mob hui, giving the event the sheen of respectability, while members of that same gang, senior members, the two I see for God's sake, were still dealing drugs on an industrial level. Don Brash, Marama Davidson, respected academics, all turning up saying, oh yes, let's help give mob members a stare on alternative ways of being. I'm all for that. You know, give people another chance. If people truly want to commit to being productive, hardworking members of the community and not make their living out of crime, give them every, afford them every possibility. But how can you stand there and say, oh, you know, we're anti-drugs, while your two ICs been sent away for 10 years for dealing meth and GBH? Not GBH, the date rape drug. Seriously? You've got management issue problems if your 2IC thinks it's okay to be dealing drugs on that level. Enough, enough, enough. If gangs want to keep what they're doing, raking in millions while peddling misery, can we at least make it hard for them? I mean, at the moment, we're closing roads to allow them to do what they do. Can we make it clear that most of us would rather work honestly than live the BS, chrome, flashy, I've got my bitches at home working for me kind of thing that these gangsters just seem to be so proud of? They do not deserve a seat at the table until they have earned it. For more from Kerry Woodham Mornings, listen live to News Talk ZB from 9am weekdays or follow the podcast on iHeartRadio.